It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into the Bear Den. I am Matt Workman, and as always, I am joined by my friend, Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and you're you're almost always joined by me. Um, we have been dealing with some illness, and um, I think it's been like a couple weeks since we recorded together. Together, yeah. it's It's been it's been a minute, you know? Me getting sick, baby getting sick, everybody in my yeah. house getting sick. Yeah, then I got sick also, then Big 12 Media Days, so that was a whole thing, along with all the commerce realignment stuff that kind of hijacked. I had, we had, we had everything squared away perfectly for big 12 media days. Then you got sick. My son got sick and then some stuff popped up for work for me that wasn't supposed to pop up. And it was like the perfect storm of not being able to go to this thing that we really wanted to go to. But it was, I mean, they do a good job of making it available like with ESPN plus and you get, you know, coverage. So I know you were probably busy with work and stuff, I was able to kind of squeeze in some, you know, looking at all the uh, press conference. Well, I mainly, mainly just looked at the, the Baylor stuff. I kind of caught all the um, press releases and things for the other coaches, but I got to catch pretty much everything uh, Baylor related. Yeah. I, I basically followed along the, um, the headlines that, that, that came out and I'll say it was, it was almost a less eventful, uh media days than i expected yeah i mean now granted last year's media days was uh it was after media day that we had like the whole like texas OU going to the sec thing so anything is going to be a little bit less eventful than that this is true this is true but you know they did it um got to hear from the new commissioner sounds like as long as as far as conference realignment goes it sounds like Big 12's plan on being uh, aggressive and uh, planning on being young and hip, which I don't really know what that means. <laughs> um, I the what I inferred from your mark statement around young hip was it wasn't like the Big 12 is the cool conference. I interpreted that as 
we need to start getting um, the younger fan base yeah. that exists out there to start caring about the Big 12 right now. Like the people that are eventually going to be donors and money spenders and the demographic that matters in 10 years, you have to get them involved in Big 12 football right now. I think also it's like part of what he said was it has to deal with like content creation, like on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, may see more to become- of a... You have to become something something that appeals to the up and coming generation of sports fans, and, and that's intelligent. That's like that's a smart way to look at things. I think, yeah, because you're not going like the the older thirty to fifty you know crowd that is big and boisterous in college football right now. They have rooting interests already, so you've got to go steal the hearts of the kids that are like people our age still care about Miami. Because Miami was freaking cool yeah. when we were younger. And it doesn't matter how bad Miami gets right now, because people know if they put Miami on ESPN, that name still means something, even though it's a tiny, tiny little school in Coral Gables, doesn't even have their own stadium to play in. Um, historically, before the 80s, wasn't any kind of a big deal of a program. But when we were kids, they were cool. And so that's what you have to be as this version of the Big 12 is you have to start building that name recognition now with the generation that's upcoming. Absolutely. You know, and I made the joke about, you know, I can't wait for Dave Aranda's uh, TikTok on the <laughs> Bernstein Bears, but it's, um, that's part of the thing. I think you're, you're going to have to get on new platforms that young people are on and having a 13 year old daughter. I know that, you know, TikTok's a huge thing for young people. And so if you want to catch those, you know, the young audience, that up and coming audience, it's going to decide like where they're going to go to college and where they're going to, you know, put their focus on. That's where you got to be. You got to be an influencer. Yeah. But I also I think it's seen, a, I have seen a number of David Randa videos pop up on Twitter yeah. over the last week or so from somebody that's selling like something called like defensive coordinator school. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd give you a shout out if I remembered. I just don't off the top of my head. Yeah. I think but, that's like, I think it's, um, I saw one like James light has some kind of coaching school. It's yeah. I think that's what I saw. And I've and, seen a couple of videos that are like previews of yeah. Miranda talking either about how, how they install things or actually getting into the nitty gritty of like some yeah. of the different defensive schemes that they have. And I'm not, I, I would listen to him read the phone book. I watched a um, interview. I guess it was from like, because right after Big 12 Media Days, they had the Texas High School Coaches Association, like coaching school. So they had all the coaches there and he was talking about something. It was just a short, you know, like soundbite. And they asked him about NIL and everything. And he goes into this like philosophical. I saw that. Yes. It was like, I think a San Antonio news station asked him a question. And I was like, man, I would just sit there and like, I want to hear more of this conversation. Like, please go on. Because I want to know your thoughts. He uh, <laughs> he also had a quote in The Athletic. And I, I, I it was uh, it was along the lines of like talking about players when they have a bad day. If they're like, you know, if they're walking around the facility with you know, oh, yeah. sunglasses on, their hoods up and they're not talking to anybody. And he said something about like, you can either transform your negativity or transmit it. And, you know, it was like just one of those like little one liners where you're like, oh, my God, I'm so happy he's my coach. Yeah, it's um, it's way uh, different than it was even from Matt Rule, because Matt Rule was 
great with media and his right but matt rule was was fired up and then even if we want yeah. to get into like the Bryles era it's it's very you know Bryles was yeah i'm a i'm a good old texas boy who you know i'm just an old ball coach and He's, i'm just here to play football Bryles was a character really yeah of, he was a caricature yeah exactly of like it's almost like if you're looking back on it, it's like I don't think of him as even like a real per- person because it's like you're playing a, this role of like I'm just a good old boy Texas football co- high school football coach. He's what Chip Kelly wishes he was. <laughs> I don't know. Chip Kelly's a odd one. I mean, not Chip Ke- uh, Brian Kelly. Sorry. Oh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He both really, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I mean, it's it, Aranda is just such a stark difference from what we've had over the last fifteen years, and I really, I really like it because it's not just a stark difference from from what we've had; it's a stark difference from the common mold of college football. football. Yeah, I mean, if you look across it, I, mean, I, I read this this stat. It was like there's only two head Power Five football coaches who didn't play college football aranda's one of them i can't remember who the other one was but mike leach didn't play yeah i think it okay that's what it was it was mike leach and dave aranda the only two power five head football coaches who didn't play college football and i think dave aranda was around it he was like a student coacher yeah of that at, nature. um it was like california, california lutheran yeah so it's like but you you know he's a full you know philosophy major and you can kind of that comes out like he's well read about all these different ways to think and ideas. Like he works at such a high level on, on that regard. I think it was, I think it was Sheehan either last year or the year before. Um, I think it was pretty early on in Aranda's career at Baylor talked about how he's a teacher more than he is a coach and his answers at media day, the videos that are coming out about him in this defensive coordinator school. Um, I think you just really see that like the guy, he appreciates your questions. Uh, that was, oh, yeah. that was hilarious, but well, that was almost remember the whole Bryles thing. Like there was like, um, he'd answer a question, be like, you know, no question with, with no question. You know, he'd be like always answers like, you know what we need to, um, no question. We have to do this. It's no question. We have to do that. And it's kind of like, I think you just get into like this verbal tick of you're comfortable saying a phrase mm-hmm. and you're kind of getting through it. Maybe Wait, or Aranda legitimately just appreciates that somebody's asking him thoughtful questions. I don't know. Some of those questions were I could weren't very appre- shouldn't be appreciated. That's <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I think he's more of like how he he really believes what he's doing. And it's when he's doing that, what he's doing is he's trying to um affirm the person asking the question. Absolutely. You know? Affirm their self-worth, their their existence in that moment. And so he's going to be like, you know what? I appreciate you asking this question and then go on to say whatever you're going to say. But the other thing, you know, what it, you know what it does that from somebody that's taken like, you know, speech and interviewing and, and stuff like that kind of classes throughout my life is when you have a uh, when you have like a canned immediate response like that, it gives your brain about five seconds to process the question. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you see people do it. They do other things like. They, I heard this a lot from coaches. Oh, you know, that's a great question. And so you, and he gives you that time. You you have that canned response because you're going to think about what you're going to say to kind of get your mind, like you were talking about, get your thoughts in order so you can go into the actual like meat of the question. 
Was there anything besides uh, Aranda or just kind of, you know, your mark talking about being more aggressive or, or being active, I think was the words that have constantly yeah. been used. Anything else that stuck out to you? Oh, well, your mark used some phrase, phrases that um, that were repeated many times. And that was any with, with regard to conference realignment, he said anything has to be additive and not dilutive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting verbiage. Yeah, it goes back to I think what what Philip talked about from from the ten twelve podcast when when we had our our little roundtable a couple of weeks ago, where people conferences now aren't going to go to quantity for the sake of quantity. Like yeah. I have heard mention from some of the Pac twelve fan bases out there that don't want to come over to the Big Twelve, talking about well, what well, let's just go ahead and add Boise and San Diego State and be done with it. Get back to and it's like, well, no, the point isn't that you just fill it with two schools. It's do those two schools then deliver the revenue that's required, or do they just take a piece of the pie away that you're already going to be getting at ten? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Andy Stables had a good article about it. It was about if you take out you know, the big 10 and the sec and the teams that are going to those conferences in the future about how many schools had like games that had 1 million viewers. Right. And something about, you know, of course, like Clemson's number one without a doubt. Now Clemson also gets prime time viewing all the time because correct. that's the, that's the thing about these viewership numbers is who knows what, a Jeff trailer UTSA team could have gotten in a game last year if they had gotten the hype in the channel. Like if ESPN were talking up, Oh, Holy crap. This team out of San Antonio, the Roadrunners, they're undefeated. uh, And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're demanding that they get a shot at the playoff from like a sub low tier group of five conference. Everybody pay attention to them. Here they are. ESPN primetime. If you take away, if you just, I think he just looked at power five schools and, other than like, and then after that, it's like Washington, Oregon, of course. And then what first, oddly to me, it was like Washington state was pretty high on that list. But if you, if you ranked it, like probably the fifth, fifth rung down was, you know, like Baylor, Colorado, and they had about 15 or 16, 1 million viewership games. And he did from 2015 through 2021, but he took out 2020, took out the COVID year. And still like, but it's also like who you're playing. You know, Baylor also probably plays, you know, you play a lot of Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, you know, big games that are important during that span from 2015 to 2021. I mean, we had two subpar years, but, you know, the rest of them, you know, you're you're playing in primetime because you're you're a good team in, the, you know, 2015 for sure. You know, we got up to like two, number two in the nation. And it gets into your scheduling because – Sure. No matter yeah. how good Baylor was from 2013 to 2019, we were horrendous at non-conference scheduling because Absolutely. we were still acting like we were the Baylor team from 2008 that needed to get every win possible to make a bowl game. And unfortunately, it takes a long time before you can correct the mistakes because a lot of the non-conference games are scheduled so far out. We're, we're just, just now, now. Yeah, we're just now getting to that point. Right, where we've got BYU in back-to-back years now. And then we've got Auburn, we've got Utah, and we've got Oregon all on the slate 
planned at at least who knows what's going to happen with those non with the 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 Pac-12 non-conference games that we had planned I mean, um, depending on what happens it, to that conference Baylor's non-conference scheduling is kind of like predictive of who's going to join the Big 12 so we had TCU in 2010 2011 right yet because we, they we started the playing TCU 12, again in 2006 then they played then they put they joined the Big 12 in 2012 you had BYU they joined the Big 12 in 2023. We were supposed to play Houston in 2020. Yeah. And they then got canceled due to COVID. You have, like you were talking about future. We, we played Utah on the, on and Oregon are both on the. We played the UCF. We played UCF in the, in the festival. If you're looking to join the Big 12 and you're not in the Big 12, play Baylor. It might just happen. Albany. You heard it here first, first folks. Albany. We played Washington in the, uh, that uh, Washington the Alamo Bowl. you're right yeah that was Steve Sarkeesian yeah but so another thing happened following the uh, Big 12 media days and everything uh there there was some sort of and it's fortuitous that we are talking about this based on who we're previewing today but there was some type of Twitter online spat between TCU and Texas Tech were you aware of all this going on while on Twitter? I, I I have many, many friends, as as does the podcast, uh, that are from Texas Tech. And True. Um, I, I I love Texas Tech Twitter. It is a it is a very, very active and fun group uh compared to plenty of other teams in the college football landscape. Um I think if if realignment only mattered based off of Twitter interactions, Texas Tech would be in the SEC. Um, but unfortunately Twitter's not real life, but yeah, no, I was, um, I was, I was aware of everything that was going on. I wasn't always sure about the, the catalyst for the fire, but I absolutely was watching the flames. So as, as much as I can tell, so Texas tech announces, if I, if I can get to like the events correct in order, Texas tech did this announcement where they had some collective, all, all the football players are going to get something like 25 grand. Correct. The, Over the, course the Matador of the Club, which is yeah. a, uh, which is, um, I may be totally off on this, but I believe is uh, similar to the Baylor Bear Foundation. Yeah. And I guess they formed a, a, you know, kind of one of these NIL collectives via the Matador Club. Correct. And I, if I understand the way it works, it's like it's $25,000 a year, you know, of course, paid out over like I'm sure increments, and there's some type of like community service or charitable work. Yes, it, it's available to every member of the football team. Yeah, so walk ons, all 85 scholarship, every member of the football team. This is available to. And I thought, as a Baylor fan, and I was like, man, that's a you know good idea. Maybe Baylor can do something like that. That's a good, you know, kind of uh, using the NIL to not only do community service and help the community but also give these players who can't really have jobs or maybe those walk-ons aren't getting sponsorship deals for anything so those walk-ons aren't getting team meals for free they're not getting a scholarship <laughs> so yeah so it's a good thing for everyone involved and it's not you know just directed at your star players you know everyone on everyone on the team you're you're included then i guess <clears throat> I guess it's Brian Carrington, who is the recruiting coordinator for TCU. Formerly, I think he was at Texas and maybe USC, if I'm not mistaken. 
he goes on some tr- Twitter thread and just being very critical of the whole collective NIL Texas Tech's announcement. And I guess something was said. I, there's parts I'm missing because I don't understand what the cactus emoji um so someone along the way i don't know who i don't know when and i don't know where but someone along the way called texas tech lubbock in general claimed it was the desert no that was brian carrington he said you can go to the desert yeah he he mentioned something about kids going to the desert that's what i'm saying yeah so he 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 came out against that and and it was that desert comment that i want to attribute this to an account called uh, at gambling gauchos which is uh, another podcast uh, for Texas Tech. I, I, I want to say it was them that started it first or somebody did it. Put, so basically, they put a cactus in their their profile name on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I believe it was Gambling Gauchos who were the ones that officially were the first to tweet it out and say, everybody do this. Which and is so smart, the fan base. I think. <laughs> say Very again. smart. I think I said, which is smart to yeah. do that. And so they all started putting this cag, you know, like, okay, you're going to call this the desert, which Lubbock's not a desert. Um, maybe a dust it's, hole. It's flat, but yeah. not a desert. It's flat. It's dusty, but it's not a desert. And yeah. but it, it, I digress. They, they start doing this and other tech uh, influence accounts, our friends at Talking Tech Pod, um, Guns Up Nation as a whole, which I think, uh, which is Talking Tech is a part of their podcast network for Guns Up Nation. They start doing it. And then and eventually the football players get a hold of it. The football players all start tweeting out the cactus, putting it in their profile. Somebody asks Joey McGuire to do it. So Joey McGuire quotes t- quote tweets that person. Next thing you know, about an hour later, Patrick Mahomes is doing it. Yeah. And the the whole of um Texas Tech Twitter has the cactus emoji trending. I'm sure getting just millions upon millions of impressions at this no, point. I think I saw like the ad was in some meeting in new mexico or something and that's our restaurant they had a big cactus and he took a picture by doing like the guns up yeah so it's like yeah it engulfed texas tech not just twitter just like anyone who has any affiliation with texas tech yeah i tweeted they asked me to tweet one out and i said you know what fuck it i hate tcu so i tweeted one out (laughs) but there's another part to it i guess also Something happened where I guess TCU won't open single game tickets to purchase to tech for the for the TCU Texas Tech game in Fort Worth. Correct. So last year in Austin, this was something Chris Del Conte did was they did not sell single game tickets. And I want to say they they basically if you weren't if you didn't have an Austin um, zip code. You couldn't purchase tickets for them, which this is something that pro teams do a lot. And I believe probably some other colleges do, but I know a lot of pro teams do this. Um, it's not an uncommon practice, but Texas tech fans. Yeah, they did. They didn't get mad at it in Austin. This was for the tech uh, Texas basketball game. If I hadn't clarified that, but it's they didn't get mad cowards. at it, but they used it as like this kind of catalyst of they don't yeah. want us there. They're afraid of us, which are doing the same thing because I guess TCU stance is, they won't sell only single game tickets. It's like you have to buy it. You have to buy like a, a three like game a mini, mini pack. Plan. Yeah, mini plan. And of course, you know, Texas Tech has a lot of alumni in the DFW area. It's it's a, you know, a lot of people are from there, go to Texas Tech, and then return to Dallas-Fort Worth when they're done. So they do have a big alumni base 
So I would it would make sense to if you could get single game tickets, there's a good chance that things going to be if not half Texas Tech, mostly Texas Tech folks, based on what I've seen with uh, TCU attendance patterns, which aren't great, especially recently. And the the ticket stuff came out before the cactus. So that had already started. Okay. And I want to say, I love how Texas Tech is reacting to that and is going to show up in droves in Abe and G. Carter and turn it into Lubbock South for a uh, for a night because yeah, they're going to buy also, those tickets it's also genius by tcu it is yeah. i have to give props to tcu because i know like jeremiah donati their ad he's not stupid and by if they had just ignored that game completely and nobody like i don't think i don't think a ton of i don't think a hundred thousand texas tech people would be trying to buy tickets to that game yeah. but by him saying you can't buy tickets to this game and and that becoming news that made all the Texas Tech fans want to buy it. And then they leaked, well, we didn't do that. Actually, you could buy this mini plan. And so now what you've got is all these Texas Tech fans buying a third of the home games for TCU. And it's, that, it's a genius move. That's why it's genius because now they're going to turn around and say, like, we sold X amount because that's a sold ticket. Yeah, they don't care if they they, they do <laughs> not care if Tech fans turn around, eat that ticket or throw it away, whatever it may be. No. And it's apparently a pretty good deal. I think it was like 120 bucks per seat. For that for that mini plan. Rich Baylor has some uh, mini plans. If you want to go over to uh Baylorbears.com, sure they can accommodate you. Yeah, there are plenty of great options. David so, K sponsor us. <laughs> so speaking of while well, we're talking about TCU, it we are moving through our previews. Like I I feel like this is kind of like the beginning of of the real real beginning of college football season media days are coming it feels on. so real it feels yeah. it like i was i was having a conversation with with our friend peter pope um and uh our buddy nick height of idiocy on twitter the the other night and um i was telling i was like i don't it just hit me last week that i'm just so stoked for i cannot wait to go to, to my first tailgate I cannot wait to go to the first game this year. And it's also going to be the first year I get to bring Teddy. So it's, yeah. it feels like college football is it's, it's, it's here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is kind of like the, the talking season, but this is whenever everyone, there's probably every college football podcast is starting conference previews, season previews, things of that nature. Right. I mean, we've kind of been, it kind of snuck up on us because of all the conference realignment craziness that happened before you got into media day coverage but now i really feel like yeah this is we got to get ready because it's uh it's here yeah. and so and let's you gotta, you, you gotta start looking yeah so let's start and we we've kind of gone through and looked at you know kind of some like quick hitters of the new schools coming in and we kind of i kind of went through some some things Whenever you were ill uh, the last time the podcast was recorded, but I thought we'd kind of really get into it with what I would consider contenders, right? Like I talked about Kansas and no disrespect to Iowa State. I talked about Iowa State. They, I think they are a contender, but if you have any thoughts about them, you can add them later if you want, Joe. Because you weren't on uh, my quick my quick hitter on Iowa State is I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be an annoying team to play, but they are replacing a lot and this just might not, they might not be quite there this year. 
It's fair. All fair. Um, so this is where we start with teams we think could possibly, and in your mileage may vary on these, but um, we're going to start today with uh, TCU and Texas Tech. So I'm going to start with the Horn Frogs. And I thought we would start with just going what the Vegas win total is, which you can bet money on right now for, for these win totals, whether you want to go over or under. And so TCU is at six and a half by Vegas. These are by Vegas Insider. They were updated about a week ago. Yeah, six and a half. I'm taking the under on that and because I'm struggling to find six wins. Uh, let's take a look because that's what I wanted to do. So right, I'll, the, walk, I'll walk you through, and then you can tell me if you agree with me or not. On okay. This. So, I've, you know, game one of the year, TCU at Colorado. I'm taking TCU to actually to, to start the season off strong with a win. <clears throat> yeah, I would say that's a win. Fired up, new guy. Um, and, I, and I think Colorado's just buns. So uh, that's, that's what I'm taking. I got TCU winning the first game. Second game of the year, TCU is going 2-0. They played Tarleton State. Should just be a walk in the park for them. Agree. Now we get into some 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 real fun here because they go a little bit across the city to Dallas, play SMU on the road. This is Sonny Dykes going back home to play his old school in a very very old rivalry game. I think SMU wins this game. Yeah, and it's going to be hopping. Yeah, because. It wasn't an amicable departure. Like they are not happy or were not happy with him going across DFW to Fort Worth. And so it's going to be pretty intense, I think, in their stadium. And uh, I agree. I think they, I have that on there as like, that's, I think they'll lose that game too. Okay. So we're two and one next week. They go back home, but it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a new head coach. I don't care. Oklahoma's going to blow them out of the water. You're two and two now. Okay. Then, all right, time to reset. Kansas on the road. Kansas may get better under Lance Leipold over the next few years. This is not that year. TCU wins that game, three and two. Next up, go back home, Oklahoma State. That's a loss, three and three. Now, stay at home, Kansas State. That's a loss. I think Kansas State's going to be a pretty strong team this year. So that's, what, three and four now. Three and four. Then you go to Morgantown a couple days before Halloween, but I will give them credit and give them a win there. They can pull that out. So now you're four and four. Okay. Then the game that we've been talking about, November 5th, Texas Tech goes to Fort Worth against TCU. I still think, you know what? Hey, Max Duggan's more experienced, whatever. I'll give them the win here. So now they're five and four. All right. With three games left, they go on the road to Austin. I don't think they can win that game. Now you're five and five. After that, you've got Baylor on the road. They're not going to win that game. We're going to come back out and, and avenge last year's loss. Now you're five and six. So you finish off the year at home against Iowa State. Even if you win that game, you're six and six, which gives you the under six and a half there. And I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation of, of TCU's season. And I personally, I think they lose that game to Iowa State and finish five and seven. Yeah, I mean, basically, I think, are they closer to six wins or seven? And I, I would agree. I think they're closer to six. And I would take the under uh, with that. I think I think any reasonable TCU fan this year 
if I said, I think a successful season for TCU is making a bowl game would agree. They, I think a, a reasonable fan of that team would say, you know what? Brand new coach. We don't, you know, there's no telling like how bare the cupboard is really from Gary, how long it's going to take to kind of get things moving and rolling again. So I don't know. I just, I just think if, if you said TCU is going to make a bowl game and that's a successful season, I think most TCU fans would agree with that. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they fell a little bit short. I mean, you can look at it. I think their offense will be, you know, they'll score points. Maybe. Depends on who they play. But um, the thing about it is, as good as Dykes was with SMU, you know, you don't have uh, – Temple's not on the schedule. No, that's not a conference game. ECU's not on the schedule. I mean, you're going to – you just went through it. You're talking consecutive weeks. You got Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. I mean – it's going to be tougher games. And I think you could probably look at Sonny Dykes that Cal is more of a direct correlation than him at SMU. I, I think so. I think, I think Cal, Cal Dykes is more likely what we see at TCU. And I think Which is six when I six look race. at, when I look at TCU, it's, and we're about to talk about tech, I would say, I would say it's the opposite trajectory that I'll say I expect from Texas tech where TCU, I think, they had this great decade, um, decade plus, really, from the late aughts into 2020 with Gary Patterson. They 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 changed the way college football was played from a defensive perspective. They proved that you could play defense in this offensive era of college football. I I, I will give credit Gary all the credit in the world as much as I can't stand him um as a rival as a general college football fan I'll, I'll give him all the credit in the world but i think tcu like they're going to have to go through a period of replacing a great and that's not easy to do it's going to take a while so i yeah. think we're going to start seeing tcu on the downturn for a couple of years where yeah. we're talking about consistently saying making a bowl game is a good year yeah, it, it, and it could possibly be the direct like inverse of the criticisms of Gary where like his defense is really good, but it was he kind of like hamstrung the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I think on the opposite, you're going to see maybe a, a good offenses with uh, TCU under under Dykes, but what you'll see is probably not a great defenses. And that's not so, I don't I don't know if that's the direction you want to go in this conference right now. That's where I mean we'll we'll get into tech, but. Aside from them, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of teams are are going back to this air raid style of offensive play caller. With you have West Virginia has uh, Graham Harrell. You got, of course, um, what's going on at Texas Tech, Sonny Dykes. So it's it's kind of going going that way. Oh, and you got Levy, of course, at Oklahoma. So you got Zach Kielty at Texas Tech. Yeah. So. Um, so it's there are going to be some like offenses that are going to you know be air raid ish. Now you know? we can we can speaking of Texas Tech we can dive in there. I think the key core difference between Texas Tech and TCU as it pertains to their offensive identity moving forward and whether or not it's a good idea is because Sonny Dykes brings that identity with him as the head coach as the main guy. This is yeah. who we are. Joey McGuire isn't that way. No, we're talking, you know, the 
he may have brought in an offensive coordinator that's that that's that way but i think joey dykes just or sorry joey dykes <laughs> joey mcguire as a as a head coach is he still will be defensive minded and at the end of the day what he's going to look for is fundamentally sound well-rounded football players who want to play there and are fired up about playing that's what tech's identity will be moving forward it's just going to take a little while for them to get off the ground yeah and and um Joey is not, excuse me, Joey's not a X's and O's guy. He's cut from the cloth and he got into this, the college game under Matt Rule. Matt Rule's not an X's and O's guy either. And so they're going to, they're culture setters, right? So that's what he's going to do. I don't want to take too much. Like, I was like, I'm sure Joey couldn't go up there with the best of them. But, but yeah, his identity is. Well, yeah, but he's I mean, a, you're not going to say CEO leader. You're not going to say he's going to, you know, scheme. He's up not going to. He's not going to out scheme anybody personally. He's not going to be like browse and go in at halftime and completely change your offense and come out the second half doing something completely different. Right. He's not Dave Aranda. He's not. Same thing. Dave Aranda's not going to. Dave Aranda's going to change what they do this year based on their where their strengths are. He said as right. much. You know, like last year's strength was, you know, Petrie and. The linebackers, the defensive line, defensive line. So what you're going to see is more probably um, creating a rush with. Anyway, that's Baylor. We'll, we're talking about Texas Tech, but I don't not, to take nothing away from Joey McGuire. That's just not his strength. Well, and it doesn't have to be. And that's the I, I think Joey McGuire long term is going to be successful at Texas. I think he's going to be very successful at Texas Tech. I say that long term. I think it's going to take a minute. Remember, when he first got to Baylor, different situation. He wasn't a head coach, and it was his first time as part of the college game. Nonetheless, he was coming in to change a culture, yeah. and he got guys fired up off the get go too. His first year at Baylor, mm-hmm. we went one and eleven. Yeah. So um, it's now they have more there than what Baylor had. In they they absolutely do. Have more there. Yes, I mean they do. I'm not. I'm not. I am not in any way predicting a one and eleven season for for Tech. But I, I think um, I think it's good the excitement that tech fans have. I just I hope they realize that it's going to be a journey. Um, what does Vegas tell us though? So Vegas set it at five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah. So I was this whole offseason, every time I was not high on Texas Tech. And mainly it was because I think they're weak in on the offensive defensive lines. And I think that's, that can cause a problem. And I was thinking more along the lines of he's, he's uh, comes from the Matt rule tree and Matt rule would like, we're going to tear everything down and build it back up. We're going to rip it down to studs and we're going to build it back up. That's what he did at mm-hmm. Baylor at temple. That's just, that's just his, uh, his MO. That's what and you're already seeing it right now. He's going out and recruiting like crazy. Unfortunately, those recruits aren't going to be there this year. Yeah. So they 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 have some transfers, probably quite a few. Um, they also replace a lot of production, but they do have their. But their schedule, returning. Matt. Their schedule is hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does not line up well for them. So yeah, so five and a half, and I would. I I hate it. I hate that I'm saying I I'm taking the under. I think, I think 
I think I've five. listened to everyone. Now, I don't know if people just talk to Joey and they, because a lot of these like national podcasts, when they do like Big 12 previews, they're like, don't sleep on Texas Tech. You know, they could be a bowl team and, and they absolutely could. And so then it starts creeping in my mind. So like, maybe I'm like short selling. Maybe, but let me Texas walk Tech. you through that. Let me, let me sell you here on my under. Okay. And I'm not okay. saying this is a three win team. I think it's, it's possibly a solid five. Okay. You start the season off at home, Murray State. Everybody's going to be fired up. It's a night game in Lubbock. It, that place is going to be packed. They're all going to be there to see Joey. There's going to be so many let's goes. They're oh, yeah. going to win the game against Murray State. It's Murray State, okay? That's fine. Next up, they've got Houston. It's at home. They lost to Houston last year. Or no, so they beat Houston last year. Houston lost that game. And they I won think- 11 straight. <laughs> Houston was the better team. Houston and, won 11 straight after that. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, that's 11 straight in the AAC, not in the Big 12. But Houston is on the very, very short list of good group of five teams. When you see them on a schedule, it doesn't feel like you've – it doesn't look like you were trying to get an easy game on your schedule. I think Houston avenges that loss, wins. Okay? So now you're one and one. Next up, you go on the road to NC State. NC State – it's not going to blow the doors off of anybody, but it's a power five school on the road. I'm taking NC state to win that game. So now you're, you're one and two at that point. doesn't get any easier. You've got Texas. It's a rivalry game. Place will be packed. It's in Lubbock. I think Texas is just too talented. Texas wins that game. I mean, now you're that, one game and three. that game has potential to be like 67 to 56. Yeah, it does. Or it, it has a potential to be, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was an upset. But I'm just doing logical. Well, yeah. Uh, like this is just Joe's logical look at the schedule. You got sure. a one and one and three after four games. That's when when that happens. As even if you're Joey McGuire, it's still so difficult to keep guys up. Like we saw that year one under Baylor, right? The fan base fell apart. Um, Looking after at we the started schedule, off like we did. Finish finish the next two. I want. Yeah, it, it it doesn't get any. So you're one and three, right? You're hoping there's a reprieve. There's not. You have two road games in a row. At Kansas State, who is a lot of people's dark horse picks for uh, uh, for conference champion this year, on the road in Manhattan, that's a loss. Then you go on the road in Stillwater, that's a loss. So now you started now, off all excited beating Murray State, and now you're one and five. And think about this: you these are straight games before you get your bye week. So you're you're six straight games with go you know every week, and then you get to your break, and you finally can like have a week off to recuperate. But that's a, I think that is, that's just a brutal run. And so to, to start get, the season, to get to six wins, if you're one and five here, if again, there could be some upsets here and any of our tech friends that may listen to this are going to, you know, come at me and be like, I can't believe you think we're going to lose to NC state or we're going to lose like the uh, guys like, again, I'm just, just taking a quick logical look here. T- NC state's going to be good. I mean, NC not- state's going to be one of the better ACC be teams. Um, so you have six games left to win five. And those six games are West Virginia at home, Baylor at home, TCU on the road, Kansas uh, at home, Iowa State on the road, and Oklahoma at home. So I don't think they beat Baylor. Um, I don't think they beat Iowa State or Oklahoma. So that's three losses right there. So boom, that's a four-win team. Yeah. I mean, I think they can beat West Virginia. I think they can beat West Virginia. 
I, I know they can beat Kansas. The thing about it is there's not a lot of what I would call like, like toss up 50, 50 games. No. On, on this, on their schedule, just on base, just on how the schedule like West Virginia, is I feel like that's a toss up 50, 50. Yeah. I would say, I, you I could say convince me, you could convince me that Houston is closer to a toss up than I'm giving it. But I don't, well, I don't think they're going to win in Ames. They're not going to beat Oklahoma. No. I, I mean, Kansas. the game against Baylor last year was really close. So, I mean, who knows? Joey Joey knows our guys, too. So, I mean, who knows? If there's an upset on there, it could very well be Baylor. But I just – I really struggle looking at the schedule, especially with having NC State and Houston in your non-con. I struggle to find six wins. So, I'm taking the under on five and a half. And I think it's going to get better. Like, I think you and I have said that over and over again. Like, I'm scared – of what tech could become. Yeah, I think tech is going I think they're going to score a lot of points. Just I have the utmost confidence in Zach Keatley and what he does and what he's done in the last two stops at two different schools. Granted they were not power 5 level, but he went from FCS to FBS what, and did Western the same Kentucky, thing, correct? Yeah. yeah, Western Kentucky did the exact same thing. Now he's not he did bring over like all his skill players and quarterback from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky. But I mean, tech has talented players. So I don't, I don't think that they are going to struggle except for maybe the quarterback, but I don't know. I don't know because I don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. If it's going to be Tyler Shuck or um, I'm blanking on who the starter was last year. It's just I look their their schedule is so front. I, I would feel better about them if they had if you took West Virginia and Kansas, those two games that are in the in the back half of their season, and you replace that with Kansas State and Oklahoma State, and we're talking about like a three and three team or a four and two team coming out of their first six, I would feel so much better about them having the confidence required to pull off some upsets later on in the year and keeping that keeping the base excited. Um, because that's that they, they got they, they've got to keep that excitement around I feel like to, to turn if you want to pull off an upset against Oklahoma to end the year if you want to pull off an upset against Baylor at home you gotta you gotta have that fan base so excited and Lubbock rocking and it's going to be tougher to do if Baylor comes to town and you've only won two games yeah and you know like you're saying that Texas at Kansas State at Oklahoma State. I mean, that's just brutal to begin the season. Yeah. I mean, coming on the heels of Houston at NC State, I mean, that the the start of their season is what's the is rough. It's so front loaded that it's like like you said, like if you come out of that one and five, I don't know if you can recuperate from that. Right. On a on a culture morale level, I think it, you know, players as we've seen as Baylor fans, you know, you, you kind of, you know, okay, let's pack it in, get ready. You know, we're basically, we're just getting ready for, uh, for next year at this point. What I will say is Texas tech will make a bowl game. If they can go three and three in their first six, they, I think they have to go three and three against Murray state, Houston, NC state, Texas, Kansas state, and Oklahoma state. If they can find three wins in there and it may be, they start three and oh, um, then I could see them pulling off enough wins on the back half of the year, having 
Kansas, TCU, West Virginia, um, Baylor, Iowa State. Again, I don't think they beat Oklahoma, but there's there's five games where they could get three wins out of there. Like if they're three and three, okay, I I can accept yeah. them getting three out of their last five, three out of the last six. And more likely, I think what your best case scenario is is you start off two and one. You know, you drop one of the Houston at NC State. You drop one of those. You win. You beat Murray State. And, and you upset you, Texas. Then upset you're... Texas. I mean, I mean, if you go in like okay, like you're saying, like if you're a little bit, you know, have some, you know, stocked up some wins underneath your belt before you get to that break. Yeah, that Texas one's meaningful too. If they yeah. could pull off an upset in Lubbock against Texas, that can carry you. That can carry you through a loss on the road to Kansas State and Oklahoma State because. Like Kansas State's one of those teams when you lose to them, you're just kind of like, okay, it's Kansas State, whatever. Like, this is what they do. And then everybody, I think, kind of accepts that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State at this point is in the good class of schools in this conference. There's no shame in losing to them, especially yeah, in Stillwater. So I think I think winning against Texas, that's enough, that's enough to carry your water through two more tough road games, even if you lose sure. them to get into the back half of that year. Yeah. So yeah, because you think Kansas State is a, a lot of people's like dark horse, like contender. You know, they're in that mix to contend for the title. Oklahoma State was the um, was in the Big Twelve title game a year ago, so th- those are going to be tough games. And I mean, Kansas State may run for like six hundred yards on Texas Tech. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't yeah, know if they I will think, throw a pass uh, that yeah, game. I'm I'm taking the what are you, what are you are you taking the under. Yeah, I'm under. I mean, I've been low on Texas Tech all year. Um, I think I get like caught up in like recency bias, and and you hear Joey talking, and you know, get you fired up, even as a non-tech fan. But then, if you look at it, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna struggle. That's just the nature of it. With you have a new, co- a completely new coaching staff. No matter how talented they are, Joey's great of. He's a great hype man, and he's going to sell his his vision, and I think they will be successful like you. I think it's just going to take some time. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a Matt Wells team, but this team, they lost, they almost lost to SFA last year. They, yeah. they, they lost to Texas seven. They lost to a five-win Texas team, 70 to 35. They lost to TCU by 21 last year. The, um, when Baylor beat them. I mean, that's Blake Shapin's first start. Mm-hmm. I mean, they shouldn't have lost that game. Really. That was our, and that, I mean, I don't want to discredit anything, but like that was, I, I, I don't remember a time where our team felt as lethargic as we did in that game. I'll discredit them. Tech, you're garbage. Okay. <laughs> but they did win the Liberty Bowl. They did beat Mississippi State last year. They were bowl eligible under Matt Wells last year. So, oh, but that, I, will, I hate to be this guy, but. They really wanted to – I don't know. I can't speak for the team, but I bet that place was jam-packed with Tech fans who wanted to beat Mike Leach. They very much did, and I, I, they had fired well, uh, Wells at that point too, and they they got better after they fired Matt Wells. Well, they were good. They were 5-3 and three when they fired him. It's not like they were a bad team. Yeah, but there was just such apathy I agree. with the program. I agree. There was. Um. But I wanted to I, – I thought about this while you were talking, and I wanted to jump on to another team that I, I talked about last time, but you didn't get to, and we were talking about schedules. Have you looked at 
West Virginia's schedule? So they, they start the year in the backyard brawl yeah. uh, against Pittsburgh. Then they've got Kansas early. Then they have Towson. And then they have Virginia Tech. That's their, that's their first four. Well, they're kind of in the same position as, as um, Texas Tech. So you have, like, like I said, at Pitt. Is Pitt going to be good? I think they are. After losing, um, what's his face? Yeah, but they got they got what's good about what's interesting about that game is you have Keaton Slovis on Pitt, JT Daniels from Georgia <laughs> by way of USC. Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels are on the same team. Really, USC. I, I, I was not aware about they're that. this. They're in the same quarterback room. So I, have I, this, I have no idea how to pick that game because I think. <laughs> I want to say that the rivalry lean, game throws things out the window, but Pitt. does anybody that currently goes to Pitt or West Virginia care about this game? Because how um, long has it been since we've had the backyard brawl? Like 10 years. Something like that. Let me see. I have to look this up now. West Virginia Pitt. Yeah, it has to be since like 2012, right? 10 years? Let's see here. Or 2011 was the last one. I'm going to Winsopedia. Okay. It was last played in full games. Come here. Yeah, 2011. It's been a, it'll be have been 11 years. Yeah, since they joined the Big 12 in 2012. So that means yeah, a 22 year old senior was 11 years old the last time these two teams played, and, and they had played every single year. I think it matters. But just because since I don't like know about 1895 or something, I think it matters just because the proximity and the fans, uh, they, they all the fans will care, but like they just, still hate. I, I think there's someone is, um, has a Twitter handle like I also hate Pitt as a West Virginia guy. <laughs> yeah, but how old is that guy? That's the question. Like, I don't know. Do the players like is well, this enough don't. to make it a coin toss game? The players don't. They're also from like New Jersey and Florida, so I mean, right? But even like it, Ohio State recruits out of Texas and California, but those kids still go there knowing that the game against Michigan's a big deal. Uh, true. I would say I don't know. My pushback would be like Pitt West Virginia isn't, it, but that's also a conference game, so it's just, it's a different level of stakes. Yeah, they were in they were in they were in the Big East together forever. I mean, the last game was a one point game, twenty one to twenty. West Virginia won on November twenty fifth, two thousand eleven. I remember in two thousand seven that crazy twenty two thousand seven year. I think West Virginia beat Pitt like thirteen to seven. Yeah, like thirteen to nine. Pitt beat, Pitt, yeah. Pitt beat West Virginia thirteen to nine, and then in 08, it was Pitt won nineteen to fifteen. There's some there are some strange scores in that's the backyard brawl. That's a different. Different world of college football than what we play now. <laughs> in nineteen eighty seven, Pitt won six to three. I think uh, I think like Baylor TCU. I think I'm pretty sure their first game was zero zero. Oh, here's a, in nineteen oh nine they uh, they they played a zero zero game. Love it. My favorite score though has to be um, the third matchup ever between West Virginia and Pittsburgh on uh, October sixth, nineteen hundred. West Virginia won six to five. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> it just makes me think of that, that Frank Beamer meme 
<laughs> was it like zero zero like zero seven, zero like, yeah going over to so I, I i'm really excited that this I th- i'm pretty sure game day is going to be there i'm really excited that yeah, this no. is that, that was announced game day will be there but it's a, it's a thursday night game it's it's like it's the first week one game i believe so they've got that game let's let's just say they lose because we, i well, don't know pit. what to make i would lean pit just because it's at pit <laughs> well isn't it neutral site Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at it says at Pitt. So I think it's right. at what used to be Heinz Field, which I guess is where is that where Pitt plays? Where's this game? Where's this game being played? Uh, okay. It's gonna be at Heinz. Okay, so it's in Pittsburgh, but it's that's like 15 miles from West Virginia. Yeah, um, I mean it's right there, yeah. So and then they've got Kansas and then they've got Towson. So even if they lose that game, they're starting two and one. And then they've got Virginia Tech. I, I couldn't tell you a thing about Virginia Tech on what they're supposed to be uh i don't know i think i mean the the problem is both those games are on either neutral side or on the road so you're not getting them at home and i think virginia tech i mean that's a tough place to play like inner salmon and all that the whole thing about being virginia tech um that's a night game on espn yeah I mean, it'll be a tough place to play. I'm just not sold that Virginia Tech's good at football anymore. I like who they hired as a head coach, but it's his first year. He's a first-year head coach, you know, so. Yeah, I remember I watched – I can't remember who it was. It might have been their bowl game that he didn't – because he wasn't coaching yet, but he had already been hired and watching him get interviewed while Virginia Tech was getting scored on, and it was quite awkward. (laughs) But, I mean, just from a – just looking at their schedule, yeah, like you said, at Pitt – Kansas and Towson at home, at Virginia Tech, at Texas before you're by. I mean, you could feasibly – I mean, you could be – Worst case scenario, they're two and three. Yeah, I mean, I think – or what if Kansas pulls an upset second week, week two? Kansas is three and oh. They're still Kansas. <laughs> I mean – I'm Kansas, it, I'm sorry. I oh, know people be are in I'm love sorry. with Lance Leipold and they think that he's going to make Kansas not what Kansas had been for so long. But until Kansas shows me that they're really not Kansas, I they're still Kansas. Kansas has to go to Houston. Week three. They actually agreed to play in a Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do go to Houston. At Houston. Oh, they, they're playing at Houston at on September 17th at 3 p.m. That, that game, that game is going to be 104 degrees in the air with 90% humidity. The field temperature is going to be like 120. Wow. They're going to die. Yeah, they've got a, they've got Houston and Duke on their, on their non-con. I think they can beat but, Duke. I mean, I don't think Duke's going to be very good. Houston is going to beat them. To a pulp, I believe they might lose to Tennessee Tech to start the year. Well, I I love you, Kansas. I really do. But if they lost to Tennessee Tech, because everyone's picking them, though, they're going to be improved, including myself. You know, they're I think over under is two and a half, and I and I went uh I went I picked I went over. I would go over on that. You know, I think there's three wins on the schedule because I think they're going to win, beat Tennessee Tech and Duke, and I think they're going to pull. They're going to get another conference upset maybe Maybe west virginia big three win kansas boy 
besides, you know, <laughs> besides Kansas, though. <laughs> yeah. What, Matthew? What what else are you watching lately? So I'm still watching, you know, I'm in the middle of Westworld. Season four. So I'm still watching that. Um, so but I wanted to talk about it was a big weekend for nerd like me because it was like the San Diego comic-con was, was this weekend and they had like all kinds of information was dropped. And were you able to see any, have you watched any of the trailers, any of these uh, information? I've, I've seen the tweets and I have, I've, I've read a lot of the rumors that have been out there. I even saw a leaked plot line, but I have seen a trailer for the new black Panther. Yeah. Um, and then there, I think there was a tra- another trailer I saw, but I saw a lot of um, they released a lot of titles and I saw yeah. a lot of people talking about one of the specific new movies, uh, the new Ant-Man movie as well. Yes. And then they released a House of Dragon trailer, like a full trailer. Yeah, we did watch that. You and I were texting about that one. And then. Are you in on this like Lord of the Rings show on Amazon? Oh, the Rings of Power? Of yeah. course. So that they had a long, they released like a long three minute trailer during mm-hmm. Comic Con, and so like that looks like a really good. And I don't know as much about the lore of that, but it looks really good right up my alley. So I'm excited about that. I mean, that's going to be an. Ex- I mean, that's all like end of August, beginning of September. Those two shows, and then you have, of course, like the She Hulk show. They released a trailer for that, which it looks fun. It's a little different because it's. I guess it's like a law procedural mixed in with the. Uh... Yeah, she's a lawyer. Yeah. So it's because it's called like She-Hulk attorney at law. So, I mean, a lot of it's going to be legal courtroom, you know, your typical stuff. But I think it's a comedy or, you know, lighter than like Law and Order, for instance. But did you see that trailer? There's a little. I did. I'm getting. Uh, I kind of almost get. uh the Hawkeye show, I get kind of yeah. those vibes to it, you know, where in that show, like the bad guys were very much like caricatures of bad guys, like, and yeah. every there was comic relief every 30 seconds in the Hawkeye show. I think, I think it's going to be similar to that. Yeah. I think team. what they do is like, you know, this is our, you know, kind of sitcom ish show. Kind yeah, of like this Hawkeye. is the laugh track show. Yeah, so this is uh, set in this you know legal world, so it's kind of like genre bending. Is it's not just straight superhero. It's gonna we're gonna mix in things. You know, she's I guess she's defending like super powered beings or something of that nature. So you're gonna have like this element of super powered people or people with abilities mixed in with defending them against you know prosecutors. So. It's going to be a little bit interesting than what you normally see, I would think. Yeah, it'll it'll be a bit different. Uh, you know, like, I've been watching The Boys a lot lately, um, catching up on that, and that's that's another one where there are superheroes mixed in with normal people. Yeah, <laughs> I can't watch The Boys for some reason. I just can't get into it. Can't get into it. Okay. Yeah, I got so I I watched the first season. And then I watched about half the second season and I put it down and I just never had the desire to pick it back up. Yeah. And then season three came out not too long ago. I saw a bunch of people talking about it on Twitter. 
So I said, okay, fine. And I went and I finished season two. And then I got through, I think I threw an episode and a half of season three. And I just, again, it's starting to happen to me where I think what happens is for the boys, the beginning of the seasons, it's like, Hey, this is what's going on in everybody's life. And I'm like, I don't care. Just get me to the action. Yeah. (laughs) To me, for me, it was like, you get to, cause it's way different than, than Marvel uh, content wise. Um, and so, or, or DC for that matter, any normal. So I get to the point where like, you know what, this is a little bit too much for me. It's a little bit like, to me, it's like, oh, I know it's from the comic books. I know it's, it's taken, you know, the comic book is like that too. I didn't read the comic. So it was like, the boys takes it too far. That's what, that's kind of my thing. But every time they take it too far, there's a joke right around the corner that you're like, okay, fine. I'll stick around. Like, and some of the stuff they take too far is funny. Yeah. And so that's just where I'm at with that. Um, you think Boys, though, if you have not watched it or do, don't know what I'm talking about, it's not a comedy. No. <laughs> don't, don't pick up watching the boys expecting it to be a comedy. No. And don't watch it with children in the room. Um, that's about it. I'm thinking watching right now. Was there a uh, a Marvel title? Um, from this this new one that's come out that you're most excited to see? So I'll, I'll name two because they, they, they with the whole like Disney Plus, there's a bunch of TV shows, right? So I would say like as far as TV shows go is the Daredevil Born Again. I'm super excited about that. I love the Netflix Daredevil. Absolutely loved it. And I'm glad they're bringing back Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio who's already been in you know, MCU. So that's cool. And I guess as far as films, I'm a sucker. So I'm going to say fantastic four. I'm ready to be hurt again. All right. How about you? I'm excited just in general around Kang. Like, yeah, my, I think my major criticism and I don't even think it's a criticism. I knew it would eventually come. But what has made the post-in-game era of Marvel difficult for me to stay as engaged with, it's because I wasn't as aware of this grander world that was barreling towards some kind of resolution. Yeah, and We got that with Thanos pretty early on with some in-credit scene stuff. And so I'm glad that they're basically finally like, okay, hey, the next, the next big bad is is Kang the Conqueror, who we've already seen in Loki. So um, yeah, but I'm excited that now we have this kind of like thing that we get to barrel towards. So when's the first time you see Thanos? If you what, it was like a post credit scene, right? It was a post credit scene where he says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Was that I Avengers? Think. Was that the first? Like after the Battle of New York? Is no, that- he's he's actually in Avengers. I think isn't he? Let's see. He's in Guardians. The first Guardians, I'm pretty sure. Let, let, let us but I'm trying to think here. that that uh, the post-credits scene, the one you mentioned where he says, fine, I'll do it myself, and he grabs a gauntlet. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he's in Avengers because he gives Loki the staff. Doesn't he? Now, now my internet doesn't want to work. What's going on here? So, Guardians of the Galaxy was, the, was his first appearance. 
So that's when he's actually in the film. So I guess it was it had to be Avengers because Guardians came out in 2014, right? And Avengers was in 2012. I don't know if there's, um, there's a yeah. film. In so I guess there. I guess they just mentioned him in Avengers. No, it could have been Thor. The oh Dark no, yeah, World. Avengers was his first one. Okay, his yeah, the end credit scene in Avengers where. So yes, um, so you think about it, like so he's in the end credits in 2012, and you don't get the resolution until like 2019. Right, seven so years. So it's, it's his build up, and if you look at like Kang, the first time you see Kang is in Loki, which is in was in 2021, Last and year. the Avengers. Kang Dynasty movie is slated for 2025. So, right, but then when is Secret like, Wars slated for 2025? It's like the same year, I think. Oh, interesting. I think it's like, or it's like November 24, May 25. So it's like you know they're like six months apart or something like that. Gotcha. But you also have he's in the Ant Man film, the Quantum Mania film, so. And that's at the beginning of right, next which year. is where we're where I've heard he says something like Scott says, I'm an Avenger, and he says, You're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Oh, that's a very good because I guess it's because we know from Loki, there's multiple, he lives out these timelines, I guess, multiple timelines, right? It's it's the it's the multiverse, which are, the, and that's what that, this is. It's the yeah. It, the the last one was the Infinity Saga. This is now the Multiverse Saga. I think so I guess all of Phase Four, Five, and Six is the Multiverse Saga. Correct. But and there, whereas the all that original stuff was all the Infinity Saga. But there's not. See, they're holding stuff back because they're they're blank dates. If you look at the timelines, there's a couple times where you have like a blank date, especially in the the I guess Phase Six in the 2025 that starts. Because I guess Fantastic Four starts Phase Six, and then you have the two Avengers films. But then there's a bunch of dates that are just empty. And I'm pretty sure they're going to announce some stuff at like their D23 thing, which is just a Disney Comic Con type of thing. But it's mm-hmm. just like no one attends. It's just like they just have announcements and drop trailers and things like that. Um, I think you're going to get some more stuff, either trailers or you know, sneak peeks and announcements in September. Cause I think another part of this whole thing is I'm, I'm convinced that they're going to bring in like mutants into the, Oh, um, for sure. MCU yeah. In this phase. I want to say it was Clayton Cothran on Twitter who talked about how the best way to do this would be have all this culminate with getting the dark Phoenix stuff done. Right. As like the way it all ends. Yeah after after like you know in phase 10 or whatever yeah and i don't know if they've used mutants the the word mutant ever that i can think of in a in the mcu so if that ever drops that that so if they say the word mutant and then you look at the yeah they even explained away because like they quicksilver exists in the mcu he's dead but he is a mutant but he's not. He's empowered by one of the Infinity Stones. Well, same thing with like Scarlet Witch. Like in, in the comics, like she's a mutant. Right. You know, and so you got to think like they're going to bring it into well, it. Well, it's again, it's the multiverse. We've seen Charles Xavier. And you haven't seen 
Do you what you said you haven't finished uh, Miss Marvel or haven't have I haven't started Miss Marvel? Okay, I haven't even started. Um, all I'll say, yeah, is so it's it's got to be a multiverse thing. You like, have it, to watch Miss Marvel, okay, and then to get where it's going. Got it. Okay. So yeah, awesome. the mutants are going to come in uh, at some point. Yeah. And then I don't think there was anything anything else other outside Marvel movie wise that I know DC had a panel and then did you uh, anything else catch your eye? Yeah, we talked about Game of Thrones. Uh, there was yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which just looks fun. Fun. Yeah. Like it, it, it reminds me of the Jumanji movie, the the yeah. last one that came out. Like it's just like I'm not expecting this to be great. It's just going to be a fun, a fun ride that I will go to the theaters to see. Yeah, it is. Uh, I heard the worst joke because you know, like Michelle Rodriguez is in it, and I'm assuming she's a barbarian, right? In Dungeons and Dragons, I would assume so. And Chris Pine's a bard. Yeah. And then you have the the guy from that what was it Netflix show? Um, I can't think of his name now. Anyway, Hugh Grant's in it, so it's it looks like a fun, a fun little show. Hey, it's gonna be a fun time. They have an owl bear in the trailer, so. Yeah, it's uh, people that have a degree from both Baylor and Rice. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else that's uh, catches your eye? Man, I'm just I'm just so excited for college football to start again. Yeah, me too. I'm just. We just have a few more Saturdays. Like just a few it, more. It's down to just I think like five more Saturdays. Six. It's easier. Yeah, five or six, something like that. Yeah. So we've got one more, we've got one more July weekend. And yeah. then five more Saturdays. Yeah. And then Without four August. Yes. Yeah, so five. I mean, if you count week zero, there's only four. Because there's games. That's that... true. And I will absolutely be watching college football all day on week zero. So, so yeah. So uh yeah. I don't care who's playing. Give me the 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 swack meak challenge. Yeah, I think actually. There may be like some decent games uh, on week zero. To be quite honest with you, let's see what do, what do we have to look forward to as degenerates? Because it's yeah, normally we're sick. It's of normally us. degenerate college football games. Uh, we have Nebraska Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, twelve thirty p.m. on Fox. So you have a power yeah. Five but why would you watch that when you could watch Austin P at Western Kentucky during the same time? I don't know. Let me see. Well, UConn, Utah State, man. What are we talking about? What are we doing here? North Tech. Yeah, we have. So get ready, folks. It's just four Saturdays without college football, really, because. Yeah, because this is loaded. from noon to 1030 p.m. We have football. It's not just like three games like it sometimes is. It's like, oh, no, it's a full slate of games. Yeah. And, and at, at 1030 Eastern, so 930 you and I's time, we're getting Vandy at Hawaii. You got North Duquesne Texas, and Florida State. North Texas, UTEP. Yeah, North Texas, UTEP. That's 8 p.m. Isn't that like a conference? Yeah, team? I mean, yeah, we got some teams, man. North Carolina, Florida A&M. Florida State, Duquesne. Illinois, Wyoming. I mean, it's loaded. Idaho State at UNLV. Yeah, Wyoming, Illinois. 
Yeah, so, man. Oh, so yeah, we're so there, Matt. We made really it. It's been weeks. it's been a long it's been a long seven months, but we made it. It has. We've done it. This is really this is where we um, this is our bread and butter right here, college football season. Oh, I'm giddy. Woo. We, you know, we can kind of fake our way through basketball and limp through the spring sports, but this is kind of this is our bread and butter. All right. Let me before we go, pick one of the week zero games. Any one of them. Um, I'm gonna go with Nebraska Northwestern. Nebraska North. Okay, anyone but that one. Okay. Well, I'm uh because here's what I'm gonna tell you what the cheapest ticket to that game is. And okay. I, there is no buy tickets link for that. Okay, game. I'm gonna go with uh North Texas UTEP. I like a good Okay, yeah, see what's Texas going on in El Paso. How what how what can you get in the door to watch a college football game? Better oh, than I thought. Twenty four dollars. Twenty four dollars is the cheapest ticket. Man, I bet if you wait closer to that, you can get that thing for six bucks. Oh, I have no they doubt. Have, they have. Hold out, hold out, folks. All right, Joe, they that's have all not I on uh, on StubHub. Have not updated the stadium graphic for UTEP Stadium because it still says Washington State versus Miami on it. <laughs> so is Hawaii going to beat Vanderbilt? Like, yeah, Hawaii's going to beat Vandy. That's totally like a buy clock game. Is this is this at Hawaii? Yes, it's it's kicks off. It kicks off at ten thirty Hawaii's or uh, Vanderbilt's time. So Vanderbilt's Clark Lee and these boys are going to fly from Nashville to Hawaii and play a football game. At there are currently local time, no tickets right? available. To no, that's not local time. It's Central time. Or it's it's one p.m. local time in Hawaii. Yeah, but for the kickoff. It's a body clock game because there's no way those boys are going from Tennessee. It's also a Vanderbilt game. Vanderbilt's going to lose this game just because they're Vanderbilt. There are no tickets available and stuff up to this game. Nobody is selling tickets to it. Amazing. That's such a. What a scheduling miracle that is. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm just going to look at Charlotte, Florida, Atlantic. I want to see how cheap we can get six dollars. There we go. All right, that's all I got. That's, that's enough, all I uh, got for you, buddy. Okay, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, come by, say hello. Yeah, you find me at Matt underscore Workman. Find the podcast at the Bear Den Pod. Um, we're going to keep on doing our previews. Um, we're going to move into Oklahoma State next week and uh, possibly have a guest. We'll see if we work that out, but have someone to come on and talk about uh, Oklahoma State. Excellent. Until next week, Matt. Second Bears. Second Bears. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.